This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Breaking down everything Patriots. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. It's third down and five. O'Connell, he's got him. Myers, touchdown! It's an 18-yard touchdown pass. That was the call from just moments ago in Las Vegas. Thought maybe you guys would want to hear that one. That was Jacoby Myers scoring a touchdown for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I can't wait to get players like that. Just for everyone uh, who's interested, uh, Jacoby Myers, 46 receptions, five touchdowns on the season. Juju Smith-Schuster, 22 catches and one touchdown this season. Plus, a heated sideline argument with wide receivers coach Troy Brown earlier today uh, on a play where I think it was on one of the interceptions, perhaps. I'm not, uh, I I missed the actual instance, Andy. I'm not sure if you saw it or happened to have had a chance to read about it as well. But all I know is that Juju Smith Schuster's season has been super underwhelming, and that's putting it nicely. Whereas Jacoby Myers has been a rock solid fit, uh, perhaps having his best season to date as a pro with the Raiders. Another solid decision by the pro player personnel people in Foxborough. Good Lord. It's the second hour of the Six Rings postgame show here on Boston Sports Original, 93.7 FM, WEEI, WEEI.com, and the Odyssey app. Give us a holler anytime, 617-779-7937 is your phone number. Let's bring you guys back into the fold. You've been waiting patiently to vent and voice your frustrations. David is in the car. David, how are you? David? David? I don't think David's there. I don't think he is either. Well, we'll give David a moment uh, to collect his thoughts or collect his emotions and holler back at his boys. Don is in Swampskit. Hi, Don. Uh, good evening. I think the only uh, good thing that came out today is I had the Patriots defense on my fantasy game. There we go. Um, See, we're making positives. Uh, we're, you know, that's, that's good. So, so I, I think it, I don't want to 
necessarily talk about the game or the season. But I, I think what, what needs to happen, in my opinion, is, is clearly this team needs to be rebuilt. We all know that. And the question is, how do you do it? And, and what we need to do is, is send a message to you know the league and the players that, look, we, we were a winning dynasty. We know how to win. We've got to make a lot of changes. We're committed to rebuilding, and we're committed to win. We're not going to win next year. It may not be the year after, but we're making some changes. And the changes are player personnel, coaching. Right? I'm not talking about throwing Belichick out with the bathwater, and I'm not. But you know, I, I heard someone calling earlier saying, you know, what do we do if we win four games and don't get Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr.? If my Marvin Harrison Jr. is sitting on the couch with my family, and I looked over today's game and I saw Belichick with that look in his face of loss. I'm like, I'm not playing for this team. You've got to instill in players that you're, you're rebuilding. We want to win. We're winners. And it's not going to happen overnight. But this team is not built to win. And, and the attitude is not built to win. It's to try not to lose. And I so, think it's a, it's a systemic rebuilding, but it's got to convey an attitude that says, look, we've acknowledged some mistakes. We were great, and we're going to be great again. But we're, we're, we are rebuilding. So what would you suggest? What? How do you do that? How do you go about that? I, I think it has to – I really do think it's organizationally. It's got to start organizationally. GM, player personnel, coaching. Um, I know he wouldn't do it, but, you know, Belichick being your defensive coach. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't even ever want to be that guy as the host talking to a caller, but – I, I hate that is just Don. Yeah. God bless, man. That is okay. thank you for thank you for the call. Sir. Thanks, I appreciate Don. It. Uh, that's just I mean, <laughs> Bill. Yeah. We got an yeah, idea. You know what I'll do, guys? I'll let allow me to yeah, allow me to uh, recede into the background, and I'll support the next time. It's not going to happen. And it's bad news, Bill. Happen. The twenty five million you're making. Well, now that's uh, one point five. Yes, and you're going to call defensive plays for someone else who's going to come in uh, and hopefully do a better job than you did the last couple of years, and then show you up. At I least, mean, at least the caller Don acknowledged, like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Not so yeah, gung ho yeah, on okay. this plan. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think at this point, I, I know there's some people that still think, oh, I don't want the top pick because Bill will screw it up. I am have accepted that Bill ain't part of this. Pardon my English, but I like to emphasize it sometimes with good old ain't. No. Ain't happening, Bill. You're not part of this. I have accepted that they are going to have a new quarterback, mm-hmm. a new head coach, mm-hmm. and a new general manager next year. Is that, I mean, is there still any world where that doesn't happen? I, I just, I can't see at this point with the way the team has not responded to their backs against the wall, how they've, and I do understand injuries have played a significant portion in the ineptitude and the failures and the mistakes made by this version of the New England Patriots football team. I full well understand that. However, only kind of though, only uh, kind of, uh, maybe a little more than we think, but not really, because as you just uh, noted with some SID stat about points allowed, mm-hmm. they, they're playing good enough on defense to win games. That's a fair point. So therefore, the problems are the same problems you had. You created a bad offensive roster. We told you, or some of us told you, you had a bad offensive roster that was a house of cards at offensive line, a house of cards at receiver. We told you at the time it was dumb to replace Jacoby Myers with Juju Smith-Schuster. We told you at the time Mike Gesicki is not good, is not a unicorn. And guess what? That played out. So could, would you be a little better 
with Gonzalez and, and Judon? Obviously. But you're yeah. playing well enough defensively to win football games. The problems are coaching, quarterback, offense. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, the defense is not. The defense could one day maybe be part of the solution as well. A uh, little, little. There was a little rough, a uh, little unsportsmanlike conduct on Keon White earlier today as well. But at the same time, who among us who plays on that defense would not probably get so frustrated they would try to take it out on the other football team? Side note, Andy, real quick before we get to our next caller, did you get a chance to rewatch in slow mo? It's been tweeted out multiple times. I'm not going to call it jack tatum-esque because that's truly one of the most despicable plays ever in american professional sports but that hit by the new york giants return man on pop douglas which took him out of the game and likely will have him in more than just the little blue tent i bet he'll probably return to the concussion protocol this week which would be the second time little pop douglas will have been there this year Uh, did you see that was that dirty to you or is that just you know Um, bang bang a football play it feels dirty And I have always advocated for a rule that is truly unnecessary roughness. If a ref sees something he says didn't need to happen, he can throw a 15-yard flag. doesn't have to be specifically worded in the rule. Mm -hmm. But I would also ask, I don't know if there's a specific rule that's broken there. Because if you don't grab the opening of the helmet or the face mask, I've seen plenty of tackles where the guy grabs him by the palm on the side of the head or the top of the head and throws him to the turf, and it's allowed. It's legal. He's not a defenseless receiver, so there's no you know, head and neck area with the four. Like, it 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 sure as heck looks like a dirty play. I just don't know by the letter of the rule book, is it actually a dirty play? or Because it's the definition of unnecessary roughness to me. It's also the definition of this is a barbaric, archaic sport that we love. Like, yeah, I just, Was is. the guy trying to clothesline him in the, across the face mask and do, you know, Grievous I harm? Know. No, I, 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 he's just running down, charging, right. trying to make a play. It's un, yeah, like you said, it's unnecessary. I wouldn't have called that unsportsmanlike conduct. That's unnecessary roughness. Like if right. you can't make a proper tackle, then you don't clothesline somebody, especially a wee fellow like Pop Douglas or anyone of any size across the face, because it looks like he almost got not flat out knocked out on the play. Oh, um, he well, and the way his body arched backwards before his head then hit the turf. There's a lot of layers. Of, he's going to be really sore. There's a lot of layers, I feel like, to the the damage that could have been done on that yep. hit. But again, like his arm ends up in a high-speed game. His arm uh-huh. ends up, what, four inches, six inches higher than, you know, if it's six inches lower, it's, it hits him on the upper chest, right? Instead, yep. it's, it's basically across the head. It's a clothesline like WWE. And I just, I don't know. It looks awful. It looks uh-huh. dirty. Mm-hmm. But apparently the refs who were there don't didn't see a, a reason. And in this day and age, they usually err on the side of a flag. They usually yeah. like a hit like that usually draws a flag. And sometimes maybe they come together and say, well, there's there's actually no rule against what he did. So let's pick this flag up. They didn't throw a flag that I, that I know of. There was they no didn't see it, Andy. How could you not see it? It's the guy with the know. ball. If they didn't Good point. See it, he was the person carrying shot. the ball. Right? Like, I mean, it's it's a pun return. The guy with the ball, if you're not looking at the guy with the ball on a pun return, at least some of you, then we got bigger issues. Which, by the way, did you see my good old pal on Twitter, Thomas uh, McDaniels, the father of Josh McDaniels, tweeting about high school football in Ohio, that he's reminded once again that to win a state title, you not only have to beat the other team, but you have to beat the inept officiating you're going to face every single week. Mm-hmm. Man, my own heart ripping the officiating. That's my ah, you love to see it. Finally, a win from the, the McDaniels family yeah. this season. Isn't that just? Isn't that just great? One more call before we go to a break, and then Joe Braverman 
catches you up on everything trending in the wide world of sports, the NFL and beyond. Let's see, trying to take you guys in order of who's been waiting longest. Uh, Mike is in Boston. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey, I want to bring up a point and then ask a question afterwards. Um, the point is is um, the fact that Bill Belichick, the GM, has dug a grave for Bill Belichick, the coach. Personnel in this league matters more than coaching does by far, in my opinion. I mean, Brady's proven it. Um, a lot of other players over the years have proven it. San Francisco's team is built very well. So is it Miami's very great personnel. Um, now, my question is, is how much of this do you think Bill Belichick has realized that he has done to himself? Hmm. Um, has Belichick come question. about the realization, Andy, that he has done that Bill the GM has done Bill the coach dirty? Well, yes. There's also the question that I always continue to bring up is what role does Matt Groh play in the collaboration in the newly reconfigured Robert Kraft-led front office? We've heard collaborative effort the last couple years. Matt Groh has said, I've only spent the money here for the last two years. He has taken on a very, even pre-draft, he said, Bill asks a lot of good questions in the, in the war room. Matt Groh has sounded like an authoritative figure. I don't know if he actually is. I don't know how many decisions he's made. I mean, there were reports this year, right, that... Wasn't there a report that Bill was talked into Juju Smith-Schuster replacing Jacoby Myers? Am I, am I misremembering? I, yes, but we're not sure by who, but we did read a report, yes, yeah. that said. So I don't, I'm not looking to really defend Bill because I think Bill got all the praise when it went well. It was in Bill We Trust. He was the head guy. He ran everything. He wore all the hats. So now that it's going poorly, I don't feel like we should sort of parse well, roles and jobs. It's his fault. Let me ask you guys this. How much do you think Bill realizes now how important Brady was versus the quarterbacks he's had? Cam Newton, Mac Jones, uh, Zappi, all the interceptions, the, the dirt balls that Cam threw. Cam threw more balls in the dirt, I think, in one year than Brady ever did in his career. Probably. And, and, yeah, but that, he did. He should. Any normal uh, human being would be acknowledging, oh, my God, I, I never knew what I had till it was gone. Um but I also think Bill has a certain level of arrogance or confidence or hubris, whatever the word you want to use is. And those blind spots that you bring up time and yep. again as well. Yep. And that has and it's helped him become very successful, I believe, in this world. Like saying, screw you, you don't know what you're talking about, has helped him over the previous 40-something years of coaching. I, I really believe that. So at this point, I'm not sure he's capable of acknowledging Maybe I was wrong when I said I could have the 15th best quarterback and win a Super Bowl. Maybe, although I would argue he's got a long ways to go before he has the 15th best quarterback. Right now he's got like the 35th best quarterback in a 32-team league. Uh, and then he's got the 36th best quarterback or 37. 37th. We can't have trying to corner the market on all the best worst quarterbacks. Will uh, Greer. Yes. Not his problem anymore, though. Will Greer, gone. How would Will Greer have done any worse than Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi combined today? Well, he might have. He, he might have. While well, that was, they completed was passes. He may they, have as well. He he may have as well, but his track record they made not room great. for Connor McDermott, as we heard as well. But maybe he'll get thrown back into the mix this week, and maybe he'll be the backup, and Mac will be um, a healthy scratch next what week. Happened to Malik Ooh. Mania. Malik Mania. Ah, remember when we had Malik Mania? That was a good Those time. Good days. Ah, them's was good days. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven is the telephone number. Just like the mall parking lot. The phone lines here on the WEI Six Rings postgame show are jammed. Don't you guys go anywhere. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When did you inform players uh, who would start the quarter? Um, yeah, um, I can't remember. Uh, sometime during a week. Sometime during the week. Bill, gonna need you to maybe uh, think a little harder on that one. Just want to know uh, when everyone was told their job they had to do this week. Oh, sometime during the week. You don't remember? Awesome. That sounds like a prepared football team to you, Andy. No. And guess what? I didn't see a prepared football team on the field. I actually saw a quarterback who looked uncomfortable, receivers who looked uncomfortable. The whole damn lot of them looked uncomfortable. Weird. Prior planning prevents piss-poor performance. I have lots of cliches. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The game is won or lost before the game is even played. Yeah, right. what happened to that Bill Belichick who believed the, the, the Sun Tzu art of war? The battle's won and lost before it's even played. This one was well, lost before it was played. More like the art of boar, am I right? I mean, these oh, are man, waka, waka. <laughs> oh, God, two more hours. First crickets of the day. If you had me at plus 150 on the first crickets, then you can collect your winnings at FanDuel. Hey, hour and a half into the first crickets? Not hey, bad. Not bad, right? Uh, David uh, was in the car. We were going to take him earlier here on the program. He is back, and I, uh, I'm going to get to him right now. Hi, David. What are you What are you thinking? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thank you for taking the call. So here's, here's my whole thing. We all say, no, they're not thinking. They're thinking. They're just finding a way to do it. They're playing Mac Jones, who stinks. They bring in Zappy, who stinks. And they know no matter who they go with, it's going to be the same scenario. You're going to lose no matter what. These guys, I don't know what's got into them. I don't know what's on their head. I don't know what the coaches are doing to them. Purpose, I think they're purposely doing everything that they can to lose every game so they can get. I think with the fact that I think Belichick is going to move on, uh, maybe the decision's been made and he's, he's aggravated and he's like, what should I win? Why should I leave here as a winner? Because no matter where he goes, people are going to embrace him because of what he's done in the past and his experience, his knowledge and everything else. So they'll embrace him. So they have nothing to lose. It's, it is so bad that as a fan, I am so flustered. I am so frustrated. I am so aggravated that I feel like giving up my, my tickets, being a season holder. I feel like just giving them away. I, I don't even do want that. to charge somebody to go to a game, which I've actually have put something in place to, you know, to do as a charity thing because I don't even want to go to a home game anymore. I'm, I'm, that's how aggravated I am with this season because there's no reason for this. There isn't. And shame on Mr. Kraft. And, and I hope he's got people listening, which I know he does. I know people listen and they report back to him. I know that for a fact. And, and I hope it, get, it does get back to him how season holders out here, like he once was, I'm so aggravated with him that nothing has been done in four years, and it doesn't look nothing is going to get done for another five years. It's really sad. 
Well, David, I, I thank you for the call. Uh, and, you know, I pre- appreciate the passion and the perspective, uh, as with any fan, be they season ticket holder or not, who has been in the low times and then experienced high times and then the best of times. And now we're experiencing the down times once again. Um, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you. First off, I just want to also say that they did try. They tried real hard in March of 2021 and then in April of 2021 both across the uncharacteristically aggressive spending spree and the drafting of Mac Jones in the first round, uh, followed by a steal with Christian Barmore, who's having an excellent season this year, by the way, Andy, in the second round of 2021 draft. They had an easy schedule. They went 10-7. and seven. They started out rough. Then they got good. Then everyone said they're going back to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, they faltered down the stretch and got their doors blown off in the playoffs. Since then, yes, it's been a mess. Since then, maybe too many yes men, maybe too many Bella chicks, maybe too much Patricia. Although at that at this point now, Andy, Matt Patricia's offense is looking like an absolute diamond. I mean, like maybe we're not recognizing the true genius he put on display last year compared to what's going on on this particular iteration of the Patriots offense. But they did try, and David and everyone else within the sound of our voice, I can guarantee you, Robert Kraft is more than just a meme looking sad in a puffy coat in the luxury box of the Waldenstadt in Frankfurt, Germany. He is an owner who is a fan first, who, yes, has lots of money, but certainly has as much frustration, if not more so, than we do. And we can all but almost guarantee sweeping change will come through Foxborough this offseason because this is unacceptable. And he's 82 years old. So, David, Robert Kraft doesn't have five years to just sit back and say we're going to play the long rebuild here. Um, I'm guessing he wants to do it sooner rather than later. Um, so I, I would actually hold on to those tickets that he was kind of insinuating. Maybe it's time to get rid of at least through the draft. See how you feel after they go through free agency and the draft. And then maybe you'll look at things differently. Maybe you'll have a quarterback. Maybe you'll have a flashy new receiver or something they traded for. They signed because well, I do. Yeah, they're going to yeah, do put, a lot. They are most certainly are. Yes. And uh, not to. Not to toast up on the radio, but do you think that David was speaking in reference to his tickets for the remainder of this season or in general? Because if it's in general and he's out as being a Pats fan a couple of years after the end of the double dynastic run, well, that's just a real shame. That's just, well, as Charles Brockley would say, that's just terrible. I think he was speaking about both because uh, as far as the remainder of this season, he referenced that he would not he would not want to go to a game, so he'll give them to charity, which is um, <laughs> cool. kind of an interesting approach because... I have to admit, and I'm probably going to sound like an a-hole here, you know when your kids come home and it's like, oh, Tuesday is the um, canned charity drive. I need Mm -hmm. to bring some canned foods in. And I always go to the pantry and and I always look for the things that my wife buys that I don't necessarily like. Like, ooh, peas, good way to get rid of those. Pineapple in a can, I don't eat that. Oh, pumpkin pie, nope, I don't use that. Andy Hart. Go to the store and buy a couple. No, it's fresh stuff. (laughs) Shut the hell up. The soup, I'll give like the plain soup because I'm more of like a stew guy. So I'm like, oh yeah, there's a chowder. Nope, I'm keeping the chowder. I'll give them the minestrone. Don't love that. Minestrone's perfectly delicious. That's kind of what David's doing. I would not go to a game and watch this crap. I'm going to give it to charity. <laughs> yeah, what charity is going to be like? Sweet. Thanks right. for giving us something we can't even resell. Well, I mean, the memes s- that are going to start, they're already circulating, Andy. The whole like, be careful with you, you know. I just bought some, uh, opened my kids' Halloween candy, and they were Patriots tickets inside the chocolate bars. Be careful. Like, there's that. You're going to do the whole, like, someone broke into my car to leave four tickets as opposed to, you know, take four tickets. I've seen that one as what, like, 
it's they're all going to be out. Just be, be ready, everyone, and be ready for the rest of the football watching world to tell you that you're soft. Be ready for everyone to have fun making fun of you, making fun of us, making fun of the royal and collective we and Pat's nation because we had it so good for so long, and now we are down. And, oh, we may not even know the depths of how much further down we can go. Uh, we'll have to ask that to Christian Fourier when he calls in later in the program. Programming update to get a little bit uh, on the inside of the statalytics, if you will. That's stats and fanalytics. Uh, Mike Catholic will be joining us from WEI.com at 6 o'clock. Sharp. Back to the phones. Oh, here's someone who's just got to be beside himself with frustration. Wayne and Southie. Wellness check. I'll ah, Wayne. I cannot believe this. Bitchy, let me get these three points across because I am so aggravated right now, and I'm, I'm going to get back to my running. But my three points. The coat hanger, that was definitely, without a dime, that should have been an automatic. He should have been out. Never mind. You know what I mean? When, what did the refs do? Nothing again. Nothing. Oh, nothing to see here. Nothing. The guy almost got his head ripped off, but nothing to see here because we're the refs and we suck. Okay, number two. <laughs> number two. Tank. Tank. Get the best quarterback you can, Belichick. Tank. They and didn't they just give Belichick three years, um, bitchy? Uh, I think it's. I think he signed through the end of the uh, popular belief is that he signed through the end of next season, Wayne. Yeah, so he's got three more years there. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Get tank like tank, tank this season. This tank has got to go. Uh, plain and simple, lose every game and go out and get a good quarterback. And number three, why won't they put Malik Cunningham in the NFL? Quarterbacks run now like the guy from the Eagles. He ran for a hundred yards last week. Why won't they put out there, I keep saying it to Belichick, why won't they put Malik Cunningham out there, let him run the ball, he can run it, he can throw it, just give the guy a chance, stop putting in Mac, who is the worst, and then Zappy wasn't that great either. So who are you going to use? Go put Cunningham in there, the kid can run, you know what I mean? This is the new NFL, that's the one thing I want him to understand. Oh my God. I, I get so angry. Thank, uh, Wayne, I'm glad we were here to give you a place to vent and to shake loose, shake free, expel that anger. It's not good for you, Andy. It's not good. It won't do you any good. It won't make you feel good, especially around the holidays. It's not healthy. No. We want Wayne I to be good. Argue. He said he had a jog to get back to. Obviously, he took a little time yeah, to check in on the Odyssey app, listen to his friends, Fitzy and Hart, on the Six Rings postgame show. Sometimes we've heard Wayne O. He's been in the middle of the... He's been down hitting the heavy bag. Sometimes he's been doing chin-ups. Sometimes he's been doing push-ups. Tonight he's running out his frustrations, and I, I applaud it. You know, everyone, as soon as the as soon as the postgame shows, go get some exercise. Work it out. Yeah, I'm I hold some. I hold, I had a Rocky Four workout today. Because I, we're I, the refs, and we suck. <laughs> that was the best part of the call. <laughs> oh, he peaked at where the refs and where suck. Yep, New, that's it. That's in the register for a while to come. Uh, Wayne's like a lot of Pats fans. He thinks that. Uh, Thinks the team's not very good right he now. He does raise a point. Why not just throw Malik Cunningham in for the hell of it? Because he can't I mean, play quarterback in the NFL. He's, would be he's not answer. an NFL quarterback at this point, guys. He's just he couldn't. Not. He couldn't run the the practice field. And and see, it, this is a weird area for me because I think their decision making as an organization and as a coaching staff and as a personnel department has sucked for like two years now. Huh? But they've made it quite clear they don't even practice him at quarterback. 
Never mind consider playing him at quarterback other than that weird week in Las Vegas when they were doing whatever the hell they were doing and he was the backup. So not that that's the be-all, end-all, because you could say, yeah, that's the team that signed Juju Smith-Schuster and thought he was better than Jacoby Myers, so they don't know what they're doing, but he can run. He can absolutely run around like a chicken with his head cut off. I think he could do that. I don't know that he could run the offense. I don't know that you could. It would essentially, I think, be a um, souped-up version of the Wildcat if you played Mm -hmm. him at quarterback to start. Would that not potentially be more entertaining for better or worse, though, Andy? Yeah, for both. I agree Mm -hmm. for both. There would be some wow plays in both directions. There would be wow runs, and then they would probably be like, wow, what just happened? Oh, my God, that was ugly. But we're seeing those now with the supposedly NFL-ready smart pocket passer named Mac Jones. I I see just as many wow throws. We saw one today to Mario Douglas. Triple coverage. Yeah, I'm just going to step into this. I got the old cannon. I can fit it in there. You can't. Actually, so, that was one of the only passes that he put any mustard on because the majority of them even had Jonathan Vilma saying time and again, like, not enough on that ball. Dude. Mac Jones just lobbing that one in there. Well, because he had those weird throws to Gasicki. He and Gasicki weren't on the same page on the left not side at there. All. I don't even know what that was. And then he's kind of yelling at Gasicki, and they're talking about it and that whole thing. But they're a mess. There's no other way to put it than they are a mess. Their quarterback is broken, and their offense is an mm-hmm. absolute mess. Should we come up with a slogan now for Christmas? Because we just finished Thanksgiving. We need like some kind yeah. of... The, the re- yeah, I nailed something. the slogan the first time. We're not tanking. We just suck. As the caller said earlier, Mac's not good. Bailey's not good. None of these guys are good. They are not tanking. They're trying to win, but they're not good enough. Their roster stinks. Their talent level is not good enough. Uh, and so something roster- like tank the halls? That's terrible. No, that's not... I said something like. I didn't suggest it. First terrible. of all, no no bad ideas in a brainstorm, Andrew, except yes, for the bad one. ones. Uh, and also, uh, well, we'll have to workshop that. we got some time. We're on until 725, at which point we throw to Westwood One's coverage of Sunday Night Football. Interesting 4 o'clock slate. Some fun games going on right now. But we're here to process and parse over the madness that took place today at the Meadowlands. Um Okay, Kurt in New Hampshire is our next caller. He's been hanging on. We're going to give him a chance to voice his frustrations. Hello, Kurt. How are you? Hey, Pitsy. How you doing, brother? Uh, ne- great show, better. as always. Thanks, uh, sir. Uh, appreciate, appreciate you taking my call. My, my audio is not very good, so I'll, I'll gonna throw out two quick questions, and I'll let you guys go from there. Um, the first thought I have in my head is, how much do you think – Belichick misses having the ear of Ernie Adams. You know, he's had a precipitous decline and in the last couple of years once Ernie left. And it, it, it just makes me wonder, wow, like maybe Ernie was, was kind of a glue factor. And, and my second question is, there's a lot of speculation uh, about Gerard Mayo being the next guy in line. And I like, I like, Gerard's uh, mojo. I think he's. I, I like his persona. I think he's got the personality for it. But what what concerns me is that his only, as far as I know, his only perspective is he's only played for one team, and that was a Bel- Belichick coach team, and he's only coached for one coaching staff, and that was a Belichick, you know, coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And so, if, if Gerard is the next guy in line, like. The, is there the potential there to have that lack of outside perspective? Because I think I think we, you know, I, I 
I think a lot of us feel like, oh, well, you know, things have been pretty incestuous here for the last 23 years. Oh, and, for sure. And I don't know, uh, um, Hart, like if you have any inside info or anything like that is like, does he have pers- fresh perspectives? Does he have like, you know, obviously we need, we need to do some things differently. You know, is, is, would Gerard, you know, is he, would he just default on doing the same things Belichick does a real small staff or taking on more and not delegate, you know, uh, not delegating enough and, and, and not bringing out uh, enough outside perspective. I'll, I'll let you guys run with that. And I appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you very much for the call, Kurt. Uh, to the first question, which was, he said he was going to be quick. He was actually on for a while. Um, what was the first? What was the first point he made, Andy? Does Belichick miss Ernie Adams? All right, the answer is yes, a thousand percent. I've made that point a million times here, the pod, the radio, wherever. Er, the the brain drain overall, the lack of the the great coaches that have been lost, uh, all the other influencers, the 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 football minds that have made way from Foxborough to a retirement, other teams, whatever is is massive the the brain drain has been significant to say the least and i think chief among them has been ernie adams who as he described himself as was a generalist meaning generally he did anything and everything bill belichick needed to win football games and without somebody like that an eye in the sky an extra an extra voice in his ear an extra component to the brain and the game plan the patriots have suffered significantly and as far as will Gerard Mayo present a different voice, a different perspective, so that it's not just a continuation of what, uh, if you will, has been going on the last quarter century? Andy, do you think it would be an incestuous hire? Do you think it would just be uh, a continuation of Belichick? Or would Gerard Mayo be his own man and coach? I think he'd be his own man, but his own man is built upon a lot of experience working under Bill Belichick. The caller's right. Kurt is right. There's he does not have a lot of football world experience that's outside of New England. He has some business world experience that he dabbled in and even some media world experience that he dabbled in. But his professional football experience is as a player and a coach under Bill Belichick. That is the reality. Do I think he would have his own ideas? Do I think he has his own style? Absolutely. I don't know how much. Bill Belichick would be included in the program under Gerard Mayo. I don't know whether if it's 10%, 40%, 60%. I, I couldn't possibly know that. I don't think Gerard Mayo uh, could possibly know that right now without having to actually sit down and really get into the day-to-day grind of being the head coach and a leader of an organization. Um, the The first question about the brain drain, yeah, you're right, it's a brain drain. Now, Ernie, is he at the top of the list? I wouldn't put him there. I'd probably put Ernie third, personally, behind Josh McDaniels and Dante Skarnecchia. Um, I think those two are massive influences on a day-to-day, game-to-game, play-to-play basis, whereas I think Ernie was the right-hand man. I think when he chimed mm-hmm. in, it was useful and critical, but I'm not sure he had the second-by-second um, impact that those other guys did over whole units, offensive line, total offense, quarterbacks, all of that. And I'm sorry, but the change in Mac Jones post Josh McDaniels, it is real, right? Like oh, he it's... looked like one thing under Josh McDaniels when he was supposedly, you know, doing the the talking to his headset right down to the 15 second cutoff and all of that. That worked. So Josh has to get some credit for that. So. I do believe it's the 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 big answer here is the overall brain drain. Everybody, Ivan Fears, Dante Scarnecchia, Josh McDaniels, Ernie, uh, Nick Casario, whatever you want to put together, the people that were around for success, 
that are all gone, and they've been replaced, and I don't think they've been successfully replaced. Here's uh, Speaking of people that have not been successfully replaced, Patriots game. This comes courtesy of our friends at NFL on CBS. Patriots games with seven or fewer points. This season, four. Tom Brady's 283 starts with the Patriots, five. <laughs> I knew this felt like it wasn't as fun as it used to be. 617-779-7937 is the number. We'll come back. We'll get to your calls. Top of the 6 o'clock hour, Mike Cadlick from com joins us. We're here for you. We're doing the best we can because that's how we do on the Six Rings Post Game Show on WEI. Six Rings Post Game Show here on WEI. Boston Sports Original marches on. Mike Cadlick joins the program in just a few minutes to recap the statistically shameful from today's loss at the Meadowlands. Some are taking it as a win because the Patriots improved their draft status for the upcoming 2024 NFL Draft, like our old friend Jake in Boston. Good evening, Jake. Gentlemen, last night I fell in love, and his name was Desmond Watson. He's a nose tackle at the University of Florida. Six foot five, 435 pounds, a modern day Ted Washington, a junior who could go early, and I'd love to see him on an offensive line here, potentially later in the first round. Now, this weekend, there are two others on my shopping list. This weekend, Friday, Saturday, unbelievable for football fans, guys. Like, all the conference championship teams, eight, ga- eight, eight teams, four playoff spots. It's going to be fun. You have Brock Bowers, who might be the closest thing to Gronkowski we've seen out there. And then Max replacement, or one of them, at Alabama – that being Jalen Milrow, and this was a kid who was much maligned who somehow found his way, and he's a video game because he moves around he moves around like a gazelle and he throws the ball like blood soap, like total cannon for an arm. And, you know, did you guys see Bill turning the Patriot logo on his back today on his hat? Like, there's some drama there. And as the man who's been right about everything, this team lacks so much talent right now that I looked up NFL contingency disaster plans. And, like, what happens in a disaster situation? Now, if you remember in 2002 when the Texans came into the league, teams could only protect five players. If there's a contingency disaster, teams get to only protect 30 players per roster. So you're picking from the bottom 23 of a 50-man. Then you get the number one pick in addition to your pre-existing draft capital. That's how pathetic this is right now. We're, like, we're looking at natural disasters that could happen that could improve this team because outside of that, this team is worse than an expansion team. It is more pathetic talent-wise than an expansion team right now. That's how bad the roster is. All right, thank you very much for the call, Jake. Andy, New England Patriots, two-thirds of the way through the 2023 season. Worse than an expansion team. Um... It's probably similar, quite honestly. Yeah, I think it actually. I don't think it's. And far part off. of it I think is it's comparable. They have well, the the thing that puts them over the top is they do have some young talent that is better than what an expansion team would probably have, like Christian Barmore, Christian mm-hmm. Gonzalez, their mm-hmm. Christian connection or whatever we're going to call that. That just came to me that their two best defensive players are going to be Christian within the next year. Mister's Christian, if you will. Um. Our, our, our key part of that, Ramondre Stevenson, good player. So I think they're probably a little bit better than expansion team. And if they chose to re-sign some of these guys, they have some talent. Like, I don't know what you think of Duggar at this point or Uche or some of these other guys. Um, but it's it's not ridiculous. This is a, 
I think people all know how little I think of the roster, how low I think. I asked you the question, keeper league, like five guys. And, you know, I think it's interesting when people come up with their five or six players that they would protect in that type of a scenario. Um, but I think there was some exaggeration. Like, I'm not a big fan of the Alabama quarterback. I, I do not like his attitude at all. I think he seems like a dink. Now we could go from one Alabama dink to the next Alabama dink. We don't need another Alabama dink, thanks. No. Um, the guy he was talking about from Florida is a defensive lineman. He's a defensive tackle. I don't know why he said he wanted him on the offensive line uh, if they were to draft him late in the first round. But he's a beast. He is usually at 430 pounds. You think, oh, the guy can't play? Dude can play. Dude can move. Dude is a is a really interesting, dominant force on the inside. Uh, I, like Jake, enjoyed a lot of football over the last few days. Um, mm-hmm. The guy I fell in love with was the Iowa State running back, Abu Sama or Sama Sama. How about how about um, my guy Blake Corum in Michigan had a n- nice day yesterday. I like him. Twenty third birthday. He's he's a playmaker. I like short, him. but he's short. Sama is a true freshman who had two seventy yard runs in the snow last night, and I just envisioned him doing that at Gillette State. It's fun watching the Iowa okay. State K State game. Awesome. Football awesome. In the snow is always a good. Um, time. I fell out of love with Michael Penix. Um, the Washington quarterback, he did everything he could to turn the ball over like five times at the end of that game. And Their they, coach, he, though, he couldn't even testicles. watch the game-winning field goal. Yeah, he had his head weirdly tucked into like the headset communication box thing. Um, but yeah, he I didn't think he played overly well in their comeback, I mean, in the uh, efforts to win that game and stay undefeated. But their coach going for it on fourth and one, I don't know if you saw that, he called a fake and then an end-around jet sweep thing on fourth and one that... Ballsy, ballsy. But there, he, Jake's right. There was some fun college football this weekend. Checking in with our pal Christian Arcan from the afternoon program here at WEI. What do you call Christian Barmore and Christian Gonzalez? The Christian Coalition. And I love nice. it. Nice. I like it. All right, okay, fine. You don't have to love it. It's not for every, you know. We always say and we. Well, if show, anyone knows about Christian, never... it's Christian. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of which, Christian Fourier will be joining us later on in the program. No, he was talking about Arcan. <laughs> Oh right, okay. I see. I, I always say I always call him Arcan. For a moment, his first name is Christian. Starting like, to think Christian, we got too many Christians you. around here. What? Uh, that's not often said, and I hope, <laughs> I hope we won't repeat that one for everyone that was listening. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven is the number. When we're back, Mike Cadlick from weei.com joins us. This is the Six Rings Post Game Show on weei.